0: If <laughs> Allison
1: joins us uh, after this Mets sweep of the subway series, great. If not, we will see her next week. This is Willits Pod episode 11. Um,
2: hey, I like that number.
1: A good number. Buckshow Walters number. And Addie Baird is here. Um, and we were just talking about how to introduce Janice. Um, just why? Why don't you just um, say hi? I guess.
0: Uh, hi, I guess.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> She's part of the show already. Uh, uh, we we talked about it when um, you and Keelan and Crystal and um, well Colleen was already here um, when we formed the the Femlord Voltron. Um, <laughs> here with uh, the the merging not merging just kind of addition of the estrogen power hour to our uh, to our willis pod rotation here
0: oh yeah um yeah we're, we're, we're like a satellite office i guess you could call us yeah
1: like yeah that. i like that and i have another friend in chicago who hopefully will be uh part of it. Uh, that's all off in the future right now um you are freed today from watching or paying attention to the chicago white Sox, who freaking blew it in a huge way against the rockies Um, this is all off in the future, but 11. Yes. Buck Showalter, the Mets. Um, that's his number. You only ever see it on the sleeve of his jacket. Um, but Buck Showalter, we've talked about, you know, over the course of this year being such a difference for the Mets. Um, but what really struck me tonight is that it's not just that Aaron that that Buck Showalter is the difference for the Mets, but that Aaron Boone is still the manager of the Yankees, and Aaron Boone still does brain genius stuff like bring Clay Holmes in on the road in the eighth inning of a two two game. What was that about?
0: He, he that was just in the zone, actually. Yeah, I noticed that he he was definitely pitching around Vogelbach. Uh, definitely was just, uh, yeah. It, I I could definitely kind of. Tell that there was a a lot of careful pitching in the eighth inning there.
2: Yeah, that was the kind of like brain genius manager move that, um, like, I feel like as a Mets fan, I've like lived so many times. It's just like (laughs) what the hell is happening here? And it's just another one of those cases where it's like, I feel like this year. So many things that the Mets used to do is happening to teams playing the Mets. And it feels a very um, – it makes no sense to me at all. No. It feels very strange. But, no, uh oh, So it's, you it's know.
0: Like a bizarro world where – You go
1: all the way back to the Nolan Arenado error in the huge inning in St. Louis, two outs in the ninth. Uh Yep.
2: Yep,
1: that's that that it started there, and it that was the first,
2: yeah. No, it totally does. It's such a, it's like it it feels, and every time it happens, like why, like why is Aaron Boone putting his closer in in the eighth inning? It's sort of like I have a moment of being like, oh yeah, okay. At this point, it's like. These Mets are, this is, this is how we start the pod every week. I feel like it's like, yeah. boy, these Mets are uh, a little different.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you get Buck too, getting away with, because he's put Diaz in in the eighth a couple times, but it yep. made sense when he does it. And then, um, you know, we're talking about this. It's again, like we said in the past, but this is um, just elemental for this year's Mets. Oh, Eddie's cat is here. It's uh, my boyfriend's
2: cat. cat nice. I should clarify, but she's great. Anyway, sorry.
1: Um, Seth Lugo pitching to Aaron Judge with two outs and the runner on base in the ninth inning. Um, the 2016 through 2021 Mets, uh, Judge is hitting a ball 800 feet not even a doubt in my mind that's a 4-2 game when you decide to pitch to Judge with any base open. Like, I I get not intentionally walking him, but when Lugo threw him a strike for strike one, and it was like it was 92, a slider that was not particularly um, horizontally mobile uh, (laughs) as sliders go. (laughs) 92 mile an hour. So um and Judge swing, swings and misses. Um, and then the Mets win that game the way that they do, which is just yeah. I I don't know. I don't know now what to expect going into when people actually will hear this, which is the trade deadline. Um what the hell? Like, do we expect that the Mets are going to add good players who work out because we live in the upside down now?
2: Look, I honestly, I I guess I do. I don't even want to say it out loud, but it's like, sometimes I also have to remember, like, there is a very literal, like factual thing that is at least some part of what's going on here, which is that we have the richest owner in baseball now.
1: Yeah. And... Billy Epler took a lot of crap for not putting together teams in Anaheim to get to the playoffs with Mike Trout. Um, he did have a very rich owner there Marty Moreno is definitely very, very wealthy, but does he spend that money on the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, orange County, California? Um, not, is he more of a meddler than Steve Cohen? Um, did Billy Epler just learn from that experience? Because the moves that, that he's made in putting together this team, you know, go go back to what the Mets did in free agency and in, in, in the offseason, bringing in Marte and uh, Canna and Eduardo Escobar, who, you know, has a huge hit in a big spot tonight and has started off the second half well when he's really, really needed to. Um, This is different shit.
2: Yeah, and I I saw some like, you know, ESPN rumor today that Epler reached out about Otani just to see. Oh, it was in the athletic. <laughs> oh, it was in the athletic. Yeah. Excuse me, not ESPN. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Like, look, clearly, I think the Mets, um, and look, they wanted to be in the mix on Soto. I think, you know, we've now kind of moved on yeah. from that possibility. I think the Nats have made it clear they don't want to. I I don't know. At least I saw something that the Nats were, like, not really wanting to give him to the Mets.
1: I'm not going to count anything out until... um, and Because the other thing the Mets can do is say, oh, gosh, you happen to owe millions and millions and millions of dollars in deferred money to one of our employees. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Max Scherzer is... He's not the Bobby Bonilla of the Nationals. They did a lot of deferred money deals down there, um, and it got them a flag that will fly forever, because that is what flags do. Uh, (laughs) However, um, the learners now intend to sell the team, and eh, eh, that deferred money. That's a pretty good point, to be honest.
2: I hadn't thought about that. Um, I mean, look, if people are listening to this podcast and Juan Soto and Shohei Otani are Mets right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kind of listening to this. uh, And I guess as someone who roots for a very incomplete baseball team, I'm just kind of over here like... I I kind of feel like that whole uh, Spongebob meme where Squidward is kind of looking outside while uh, Spongebob and Patrick are like outside, you know, (laughs) romping around. So I'm Squidward and y'all are Spongebob and Patrick all, you know, just fantasizing about having uh, Otani and Soto on your team. And I guess like my question for you two is say like, I'm sure there's an answer to this, but do the Mets have like any particular needs at the current moment? Because in in my opinion, they seem like a pretty complete team. I mean, I know that DeGrom is coming back pretty soon, uh, so that's really great news for y'all, but as for, uh, like, possible holes, uh, I don't know, like, maybe the bullpen, but also, too, just kind of take this with a grain of salt, uh, just coming from an external perspective, it's just that I am just very envious of what y'all have going on, Uh, and uh, just, uh, watching you two talk about it and just even, you know, uh, even talk about the somewhat realistic possibility that this team could get better. Like I'm over here fucking jealous. I'm just over here. Like what the hell, man. But, but yeah, does this team have any holes that really need to be addressed is essentially what I want to know. We could use a catcher that could do anything. Oh, you mean James McCann can't do everything? (laughs)
1: James McCann has been out for half the year injured and I don't think anybody has even really noticed. Like I
0: literally
2: a- feel like I don't that Nito Nito randomly is like suddenly amazing in, you know, RBI situations, but
1: And he also like I love the way that Nito throws behind runners. Like I love when the catchers do do that. It it makes me sad to have to say something nice about Yachty or Molina but like that is something that he does all the time and I actually really enjoy because it's just like yeah every now and then you're going to make somebody look like a complete asshole when you throw them out and that is awesome
0: <laughs> well we do have a perfectly great Reese McGuire that we can interest you in <laughs> so just let me know uh, yeah absolutely uh, if you want to I don't know maybe I, I-
1: think the, the other Chicago catcher, um, either one, I, when the Mets were playing the Cubs, it was like, can we just, like, have the Mets take a catcher with them? Either Wilson <laughs> just, Gutierrez just, or just Yon Gunn. Just like, yeah, because it was right before the all-star break. It was like, yeah, just come on over. gonna like a Red Rover situation. Over at Wrigley. Ooh,
0: I think Contreras, at work. Contreras on the Mets, I think, would just be a wonderful, wonderful fit. Uh, and I can tell you right now that Cubs fans are just eulogizing the hell out of him right now. They're all assuming he's gone, which, I mean, like in all, you know, in it, realistically speaking, he, he probably will be traded. Uh, just mainly because that's what that fan base is used to. Yep. Uh, they're, they're pretty much banking on Contreras being gone and Hap being gone as well, uh, just mainly because uh, last year. Uh, was Hap
1: there in 2016? Or was he what? not up yet? I can't remember. I was at the World Series and I don't remember if he was like a September call up that year. Yeah, but, like, I, either I, way, I he was it. like the next wave and now yeah. he's already going to be gone. That's amazing how quickly it has just tanked on them.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs have kind of become like the new pirates in a sense where essentially you could probably just count on, you know, both of your hands that all of these players who have gone on to become absolutely great. Uh, I, I went to a Cubs game uh, last, like, like late last year, and I believe like the only recognizable player uh, who sure that you could buy in the gift shop was Frank Schwindel. Uh, so that kind of goes to show you. uh Fisher? no no uh (laughs) i essentially they're essentially just trying to market all of these players like as the next you know hot thing so i know like seya suzuki is definitely one of them uh who i particularly like i I think Seiya suzuki is a pretty exciting player uh but of course too uh there's uh, who else oh my goodness um my cubs knowledge is
1: going out the window here that's fine they're irrelevant
0: yeah. As opposed to every other Cubs player that, you know, like has an OPS over 800, they're also going out the window as well. So that that's one thing that we have in common there. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I think at the same time, I uh, the, 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 they're basically selling all these like next, uh, the next wave of players. So I think... Um, Christopher Morell uh, who's a rookie that I actually mm-hmm. do like quite a bit. He They're was stealing also, bases
1: all over the place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. He also can hit pretty well as uh, two. Uh, so he's kind of being marketed as being the next great thing for them. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Cubs fans are not too happy right now.
1: I, I want to ask you something, Janice, about you know the White Sox, the team that you follow a lot more closely. Um, they have you know this this. Really rough season that they're going through where they did feel kind of like they had, had sort of a this year's Mets kind of thing going on a little bit. Like, at least when, you know, Tony LaRusa is what he is, um, <laughs> but was not the outright objective disaster right out of the gate that everybody thought he would be despite like throwing his own players under the bus. They seem to still actually play hard and like went to the playoffs and like sort of had that, Oh yeah, they've got all this young talent and all these exciting players. Um Where did they go wrong that might be instructive for the Mets here? And is it just as simple as Tony Larissa really is that big of an asshole and was never the right person to be in charge and the owner is a schmuck?
0: Well, uh, I think uh, definitely the latter of what you said is certainly true. And of course, too, you will see plenty of people doing all sorts of mental gymnastics into – oh, I thought the clubhouse was in shambles or I thought that, you know, Tony La Russa had an awful relationship with his players. And I mean, to think of it on the player side, I mean, I don't think I would, you know, just go on air and badmouth my boss uh, to the media. So of course, you know, you're going to hear that, you know, everything is all sunshine and rainbows from players like uh, Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks and Lucas Giolito. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure I buy that everything in the clubhouse is all, you know, wavy gravy and great like that. Um, I think uh, the big cautionary tale here, I mean, I mean, the big joke amongst White Sox fans is that uh, the whole uh, plan is just to stay healthy. Uh, and so that's a joke. And but on the other hand, that's also just very true as well, um, just mainly because uh, a lot of the uh <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, I I, I just saw your chat, Addy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm
0: so sorry.
1: Breaking news! We just got in the middle of the show.
0: Breaking news: (laughs) The Yankees got Andrew Benintendi. Oh, that's very interesting. That's very uh, well. um, I don't know if the Yankees has he
1: gotten his vaccine. I was about to
0: say because if the Yankees go back to Toronto, then they're going to be Benintendi list. They're going to be Ben. uh, They're going to have poor Ben intentions. They're going to just be uh completely benintendless. I don't know what I'm go- where I'm going with that. Um as our dear friend
2: Richard Staff said, imagine getting smacked so hard by the Mets. you trade three guys for someone who can legally not cross a border. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that is that is pretty good. That is what? pretty good.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm so what sorry. sorry what they is, for?
0: But that
2: was I, I don't know. Oh, like being embarrassed by the Mets
1: th- is he like to replace Joey Gallo like unless yeah. Stanton is hurt worse than they're letting on
0: yeah there was a rumor that Gallo was going to be shipped off somewhere uh, so maybe maybe they,
1: they did have Matt Carpenter playing right field in the second game of a big series on national television and he, he was not good out there He's not a right fielder. It's not his fault he's not good out there. But, yeah, I guess they Where did does
2: he play that. normally? Carpenter? Yeah.
1: Um, third base, first base, DH.
2: Oh, yeah. so they really just stuck him out there.
1: Yeah, he was... He huh. was never much of, like he was never a great fielder with the Cardinals anyway at third base. He was in that weird play in the World Series with the interference and the Red Sox in 2014. That's
0: what to say mm. at his age. Yeah, he's definitely kind of creeping up more into DH territory.
1: Yeah. And he's been amazing for them. Like it's been super weird. He like broke Glen Allen Hills record for most home runs in the first x number of games and
0: Glenallen incredible. Hill was hmm.
1: um, like the Glenn Allen Hill, when he showed up with the Yankees, that was like the most amazing run of power hitting I've seen in my life. Um, and yet somehow not Glenn Allen Hill's most amazing power hitting feat, which is the... If you just type Glenn Allen Hill into YouTube, you'll see him. And I'll, I'll actually just put it in the show notes because I will watch that home run forever and ever and ever. The one that he hit across the street at Wrigley. It's just onto the roof. Unbelievable. That's what... That's what City Field is missing. Should've been able to hit one out to the chop shops or something. Let's see.
0: Um yeah, I, I guess like to finish uh the answer to your question. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> oh no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I I, I think that's yeah, very important sorry. to know. very important to know. Uh so I'm actually glad you dropped that in the chat. Uh so uh, essentially, uh, the one thing that the Mets can uh, learn uh, from the White Sox is also to uh, uh, not hit as many ground balls. Uh, there's been plenty of grievances filed with the White Sox hitting coach uh, Frank Medicino, uh who, uh, weirdly enough, um, like the White Sox have also hit fewer home runs uh, this year than they have in a long while. Uh, I don't think a player is even close to hitting 20 home runs right now. I think the uh, – I, I can't even, like, name you the home run leader right now just mainly because uh, the long ball is not a huge priority this year, which really sucks uh, because in, like, prior years, especially last year, uh, the White Sox have a tendency to win games that uh, they hit home runs in. Uh, they, they love the long that's ball. that's true for most teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But uh, yeah, I guess uh, a focus on power hitting uh, as opposed to contact hitting. Uh, A brief example of this is Yasmani Grandal just came back from the injured list, and he's noticeably hitting more for contact than he is for power, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing per se, Uh, He's known for two things. He's known for getting on base, and he's also known for hidden dingers. Um, So he's got the on base thing figured out, but the power is definitely still missing there. Um, So I don't know. It's going to be bizarro world when I see that he's got like a 300 average, but his slugging percentage is kind of in the toilet. Uh, but otherwise, I, I don't know if like Yasmani is kind of uh, changing his approach where he's being more of a Gavin Lux type hitter and kind of like uh, just ignoring uh, hitting for power altogether or what. Uh, but also, too, he's only been back for two games, so I'm not going to jump to any ridiculous conclusions here. Um, uh, the, the big joke at, at Estrogen Power Hour is that I am just an eternal Yasmani Grandal uh, fangirl um, I, I love him. Like, a I,
1: grand I, optimist.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm a grand optimist. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I loved him ever since he was like even just uh, passing balls with the Dodgers. Um, it, it, it's one of those inexplicable uh, fandoms, I guess you could say. Uh, but, but yes, it, it, it has been good to see Asmani back, and it's also been good to see him behind the plate as well, because um, I know. Uh, One year, I think he's like thirty-three, thirty-four, and to be that age and a catcher as well, uh, I'm sure that you know takes a whole lot of toll on your yeah. knees. So he's been kind of gravitating towards first base and filling in at DH a little bit. Um, the other thing about the White Sox is that they're they f- let
1: James McCann go to sign him.
0: Oh, yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like- not sure. I'm not sure what to make of any of any of how that transaction worked out. But let's just. Let's just sit on that for a second. But,
0: yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. too, um, th- 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 it was a little bit contested that they let McCann go because uh, he and Lucas Giolito got along very well. Uh, So, especially in the 2020 season, uh, McCann caught Giolito's no-hitter, essentially. McCann's pitch calling, uh, game calling, was essentially uh, credited as to why Giolito threw so well in that game. Um, So, for those of you keeping score at home, Giolito has not been doing very well this season. Uh, He's uh, definitely losing velo on his fastball. A lot of people are kind of speculating that he may be uh, falling victim to long covid Uh, I I don't think it's necessarily because he lost his personal catcher in McCann. uh, But that was one of the uh, points of contention when McCann was let go. Uh,
1: I have had long COVID and I've noticed that um, my fastball velo has also dipped in the past several months. Um, So that is a possibility. Hmm. Um, I, I am curious like how that is going to affect just like
0: people
1: yeah I mean like we're, we're still seeing like athletes go out and like I know for me um like I got COVID in the first very first wave and didn't really find out about it until I got long COVID in October of 2020 um and didn't really even find out then until like we had ruled out everything else that the long COVID could have been and it was like ah yes you did have COVID in there and now I've had it again and it's like well what's going to happen in another six months after I had COVID in April, like what happens in October, November of this year? Am I going to go through this again? And since now, like so many people have had it and so many people don't even know they had it. And like the long COVID is not, um, it's not related in any way to like how severe your infection was. I don't want to be like scary Garrison, but, um, it's it's an interesting thing that I think that our society is completely unprepared for that might be a really, I mean, we're just totally unprepared for so much anyway. And I've brought us all the way back down. Um, also Mike Trout is hurt and like, has like with a like, rare back condition, rare back condition. like speaking of like, are we sure that he like that? Like Mike Trout has like met syndrome of like some sort. Um, but I know. Maybe the angels are just like their own kind of cursed. Um, they I, seem like They it. definitely are.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to um, take us to another really light topic that Jesse loves discussing. <laughs> but I can't get, I can't end this podcast without, <laughs> without addressing this point, which Jesse has come out previously on this podcast as both a Mets and Yankees fan. And I would just like to understand your experience of the subway series, because for me, my experience of the subway series is pure, you know, prejudice, hatred, and, you know, deep need for like blood victory. And we got that. And I would like to understand
0: what happens in your mind <laughs> you know, th- th- that's one thing that I'm curious about, too, okay. because here we have yeah. the Crosstown series, and it's definitely gotten a lot less, um, I guess, like, violent uh, than in previous years. I-, I honestly don't know what the dynamic is in New York. Like, do y'all just, like, hate each other, and do y'all just, like... Mostly. Yeah, mostly.
1: Um, but there are... <laughs> I a- do. <laughs> there is... A- there's a definite strain. I'm I'm rare, but I'm not unique in in rooting for both teams. Um,
0: okay, yeah. Uh, so so I, I just finished watching the third season of Pose, uh, uh, and it's a great show. And there's a character uh, named Poppy, and he said that uh, he is a a, a Mets fan uh, because. I guess at the time, like, he's like, oh, well, the Mets are doing really well right now. But a, a few years back, the Yankees were doing really well, so we ride with them. So I, I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know if it's like, like, fandom is more fluid. Like, I know that's a fictional TV show, uh, but I don't know if that, you know, mirrors real life.
1: Yeah, I mean, to some extent, like, you know, attendance goes up at the ballparks when the teams are better. Um, I so there's, and I think that's true of every team there. Every team has its, you know, casual and fair weather fans. That's actually the lifeblood of the team. That's, that's where they make their money is from those people. Cause the, those of us who are there through thick and thin, um, that money's baked into the, to what they're counting on, where they make their money is so whatever. Um, for me, you know, growing up in the 80s, and, and we've talked about this with Allison here too, and obviously her experience was different. Um, You know, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal at my school. Um, there were a couple Met fans who really hated the Yankees, but most of the kids who were Yankee fans also went to Mets games. Um, doesn't hurt that the Mets, you know, were good uh, late 80s into the, you know, about 1990 then. To shit um but you know that was when i was like five through nine years old was when the mets were were really good and like people who were fans of both te- you know there there were it's it's almost like that gen x millennial bubble um you know there there's a strain of of us um also um people like my dad who my dad was a seven when, no, my dad was nine when the, when the Giants and Dodgers left. And he was a Giants fan in Brooklyn. So there was already, Mm -hmm. um, plenty of weirdness there. Baseball, just my family, my family is really just baseball fans. Um, and I am now too. And I've, I've been one it's, you know, adding to your question about what it's like for me, it's always been, um, not always, but, um, when I was, you know, it, it started in 97 when I was 16. I went to the first game. It was at Yankee Stadium. Um, I went with some Met fan friends, and they uh, they let me have it all night when Dave Malicki pitched the 6 nothing game. Um, but I went, and I was like, I'm I'm not cheering against the home team. So I reared for the Yankees that night. They lost. Um, I went back uh, for the third game in the series and watched David Cohn, cheered for him. Uh, beating the Mets in the one game the Yankees won in that series. Um, But then, you know, I I had all those years when it was my job. And, you know, in some ways it would be like, which team doing better is going to be better for the paper, Um, keeping us employed. Um, That was the Yankees mostly. Um, But I also worked with more Mets fans in the office um now journalists
2: in New York are there there is yeah, they're, Mets Mets fandom runs really deep. That's where I learned it.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like look at the part of the soul. Like I always talk about, you know, the Mets and Yankees feed different parts of my soul, the part of my soul that is writerly. Um I mean, shit, i started Will Pen, a Mets based publication. Um, here we are. Like it definitely Here we are. Uh, definitely feeds that for me. So it's, for me, it's a unique experience no matter what that's informed by an entire lifetime of um, but just to, to put it away yesterday, yesterday I wore a subway shirt and a major league baseball logo cap that I got for free um, as part of a swag pack. And um, today you can see I'm wearing my warriors of Coney Island. Um, can you dig it? T-shirt.
0: Nice. Um,
1: so I'm, Sort of a, a bit of neutrality. Um, we watched SNY last night in my house. Um, the The kids are definitely Mets fans first. Sean's favorite teams in order are Mets, Yankees, Red Sox. So
0: <laughs> that's an um, interesting order. That 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 is very interesting.
1: His mom's from Massachusetts, okay. so all
0: right, I can see that.
1: Our wedding had you know the the table numbers were. Yankee pinstripes on one side and Red Sox um, numbers on the other side. Like, we had them, like, went to like a really good designer to like get them exact and people come. It was like the one thing that like I really cared about as far as wedding decorations was like getting those numbers just perfect. Um, yeah. So, unique situation, unique family setup. Um, but it's, I, I've had fun, um, and and I found myself um, really from being on the the Wilds Pen Discord. Everyone should sign up. Um, found myself, you know, pulling for the Mets. Also, it means more to them. The Yankees are ahead by a bajillion games, and the Mets are fighting with Atlanta, which deserves to. So. Um,
2: you know. I am glad that you gave us a straight answer there at the end because I was just gonna be like Jesse. <laughs> Who were you rooting for? Oh, I scared the cat when I clapped. Yeah. Sorry, Stella.
1: <laughs> um no, I, I, t- I texted you, Mets are walking this off and
2: Yeah. And uh, they did.
1: And they did. And and I I was definitely watch I've definitely watched this this whole season from more of a Mets perspective as a result of doing this. So I think it's it's only natural that I had more, um, more of my heart, um, in the borough where I live tonight. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. I guess that's my other question too. Is it like really a geographical thing? Because in Chicago, it's very North side, South side. I mean, of course, I mean, there's other migration patterns, people move North, people move South, of course, too. It also spreads to the suburbs there. Uh, So I'm very unfamiliar with like the geographical layout of New York. Is it really more so like, is it like, along, like, cultural lines, geographical lines, just hereditary, like, say, like, what is this deciding factor in who becomes a Mets fan and who becomes a Yankees fan?
2: I mean, I'll tell you what I think mine is, because I I, I think it's class. Like, I, I always like, look, the Yankees are a team that, like, just anecdotally, in my experience of New York, um, are basically, like, douchebag finance guy fans <laughs> and like yeah Mets fans are like you know they're just All the right, Mets but, are really cheap but also people.
1: don't forget while douchebag finance guys the Yankees are also very much the cop team
2: oh
0: yeah let's be clear they're also definitely the cop team <laughs> <laughs> So essentially, yeah, like like the rough parallels that people draw are, you know, like the Yankees are to the Cubs as to like the Mets are the White Sox where, yeah, yeah, the White Sox are essentially more like working class, like definitely like guys you could find in a dive bar and have an old style with, while uh, Cubs fans typically, and 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 these are all just like mass generalizations or just like your River North finance douchebags uh, that, you know just uh yeah uh tourists are, come, to, or, town yeah, to, to, think, come yeah. to town
1: to go to yankee stadium they don't come to town to go to city field
0: that even that though is very sunset yeah. at city field
2: Unparalleled. Oh, so far
1: superior ballpark and with you so beautiful the train out there you can see the unisphere mm.
2: oh it's gorgeous That's- i was sneakily in new york uh last week to see a friend for just a minute and we went to a game and it was just, like, it, like, made me emotional to, like, be on the 7 line and see the sunset and be in the park and see Keith's number. It's just stunning. The plane. I think we were at the same game, we're going, You were at
1: the same game <laughs> as me on Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I was. Um, yeah, this is the second time this year that I have been to a game at City Field on a Friday night where Max Scherzer is pitching, and it is the second time this year that I have seen the Mets lose.
1: Yeah, that was a rough game.
2: Yeah, so stop
1: coming to New York think, on Fridays to watch Max Scherzer pitch, damn it.
2: <laughs> I know, I'm like, I cursed it. I think it was really like right around the time that I was like, This game sucks, but I realized you were there, and I was just like, no, this is not the vibe.
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah. Next time, text me if you're at the ballpark and think I might be there. Jeez. I know.
2: I'm sorry. Um, I, uh, I'm Janice, so you fun. should do the
1: same. If, if you happen to find yourself at um, a Yankees or Mets game a game in New York, um, text me. I might be there.
0: I actually or... was planning on visiting New York sometime in August. I don't know when. Great.
1: Um, but I,
0: I've been trying to, like, find, like, the Stonehenge of, like, where um, the, the Yankees and Mets will both be in town so I can hit up both ballparks. Maybe also hit up a New York Liberty game uh, at the same time. Uh, like, it, it, yeah, I, I would absolutely love to do that. Um, so yes, especially- because my
1: my terrible introduction, we, we've talked about it on an episode you weren't on, but you, in addition to doing the White Sox, you cover the WNBA for Chigo Sports. <laughs>
0: She goes, yes. Yes, she goes sports. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a new uh, media outlet. Uh, there was a woman at the game yesterday uh, that was asking me what the hell CHGO was. And uh, she's like... uh <laughs> she was like i've never heard of that before in my entire life and i'm like oh well you know i have a show on youtube every monday at five thirty. you should tune in we talk about the sky we talk a lot of shit uh and she's like yeah i i don't know what that is and i'm like oh well it was very lovely meeting you anyway um so yeah essentially with that uh it, it's been an interesting uh hey, doesn't know what
1: youtube is <laughs> that's an unfamiliar platform to her
0: uh, I mean, she knew what it was, but she apparently had no idea that you could, like, broadcast live shows via YouTube. Uh, but but otherwise, she was a lovely woman. Uh, she gave me, a, like, a plate of brownies. Uh, like, like she's like, oh, do you work for the news? And I'm like, yeah, I work for the news. <laughs> do you work for the news? And, 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 and she's like, you know, yeah, have some brownies. And I'm like, why, thank you very much. Of course. I'm, I'm a sucker for sweets. Um, like if, if you offer me like a plate of sweets, doesn't matter what it is. Like you can like lace it with fentanyl. I like, I, I, I will like eat whatever sweets you give me. So, uh, tip for the future. Yeah. Um, like, like I I will never turn down sweets. Uh, So I'm, I'm there eating these brownies that this woman gave me and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I I work for the news and, you know, I'm just here, you know, live tweeting this game. I'm going to go ask, uh, uh, Coach Wade and Candace Parker and whatnot questions after the game. It's a great life. Um, but covering two sports, honestly, is pretty exhausting. This is my first year doing mm-hmm. it. Um, so it had to kind of have to switch hats is uh, very exhausting because you have to physically switch hats. Like sometimes I'll just be, you know, wearing one hat. What
1: does a, a WNBA hat look like? I know what a baseball hat is, but a, a WNBA hat, what, what would that be?
0: Uh, uh, they don't actually wear hats, uh, but, 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 they, but they exist. They exist. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know what, I mean, Diamond DeShields who plays for the Mercury now actually wears a headband. And so I actually tried to wear a headband one time, but my head is so large that, uh, it, it I, I just looked ridiculous. It, it looks great on Diamond, but on me, like, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't pull the headband off. But.
2: Headbands are hard. They're, they are, um, uh... It's, it's difficult to find the right headband for your head. And I think it's very different for every person. Um, I should have brought my hat that I was wearing today to the podcast. It's just a hat that says blog across the front. And that's my real team. It's blogging.
1: Speaking of which, we we do sell willards Pen hats at com. I think it's slash merch. Either way, go to willettspenn.com. Um And go to subscribe and rate and review and like and do all the things that you're supposed to do. Uh, Because we've been talking for like 40 minutes now and it doesn't really even seem like that long, but it is and we should go so that we can...
2: Yeah, thanks for hanging um, with
1: us. Yeah, um, we'll we'll come back another time and Allison will be... um, I can't promise Allison's not going to be on drugs, but she's not going to be on (laughs) drugs that prevent her from appearing on the show the next time she appears on the show. Because if she took drugs that prevented her from appearing on the show, such as the drugs that she took tonight that prevented her from appearing on the show, then she wouldn't appear on the show. So when she appears (laughs) on the show, she won't be on the drugs to prevent her from appearing on the show. There we go. I'm Jesse Spector. Um, I'm one of the people on this show.
0: I'm Addie Baird. I'm another person on this show. I'm Janice Curio. I am the third person on this show.
1: That's been our show. Thanks for listening to it. We'll see you next time.